You're about to listen to the Wissam Sharif podcast. This effort is made possible by our monthly supporters on Patreon. Please visit patreon.com slash Sharif to become a monthly patron and help us make more projects like this one. So find a posture of dignity, take a deep breath, and join us for today's episode. A sense of peace upon you, around you, and may peace emanate in all things that you do. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, friends, brothers, sisters, and listeners from around the world. Welcome to the Shake and Small Fries podcast. Myself, Dr. Gina, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Alhamdulillah. We're going to kind of jump everyone into where we want to be today. So friends, we are going to sit back. So if you're on a drive, if you are on a walk on the treadmill, if you are in a scenario, I want you to settle in so I can immediately set our premise here. The concept of looking within, the concept of not trying to please everyone, to not be a people pleaser, to be able to have joy in the now, to teach us not to adopt ourselves like a chameleon to every scenario, rather to fully embrace who we are, as we are, when we are, we should embrace and engage our imperfections. And friends, if you heard enough of these, if you've heard this sentence before, it's definitely pinging inside you some Instagram Bernay Brown quote, possibly some uh, Facebook post or something you saw and you're like, wow, that's so profound. I just want to let you all know there's a lot more profoundness than one sentence in the first book, The Gifts of Imperfection. So today's discussion, don't want to necessarily make it a book club review. I would like us as the podcast listeners to say we've been on this amazing journey and we've seen one person's fantasy to fruition. You've seen from knowledge travels, you've heard about Irham. So you know past, present, and future. And that looks shiny and beautiful on YouTube and looks great in the form of a plaque. But what were all of the imperfections that I had to accept? If I figured if I just made everyone happy enough then I would be okay. I wouldn't be in trouble is a phrase. Oh, I just don't want to get in trouble. It's a very childhood, youngest child projection. So there was a journey in between when everyone might have said, best khutbah ever, greatest speech at this MSA talk or packed out arena listening to that amazing talk or this experience. Friends, in between all of those scenarios were moments of weakness, moments of sin, moments that uh, in some twisted way of being in this moment of happiness, much imperfection. And if everyone thinks the first imperfection that comes up is arrogance, you're missing the boat. You experience different feelings in a state of acknowledgement. We can call this word fame. When you're in a state of fame, you acknowledge things and see things from a different perspective. And for almost for a moment, you're not looking to a large group of people for validation. They're looking up to you. I'm painting a picture for you, friends. 
And so in a moment, you look, and when you see someone saying that was the best khutbah, you start to see their vulnerabilities and you know your own because enough of that was the best X, Y, or Z talk, whatever it is. It makes you start realizing the level that is available to people of whatever is, is lower. And that if I'm the best right now, oh, there's so much more improvement the world and I can make. But while you're calling me perfect, I acknowledge fully. I don't have to hide or feel shame to the parts of me that are imperfect. So if you, if you think I'm great and wonderful, and if the hero in this podcast story is so fantastic, then I would like you all to love the not so fantastic things as well. And that's my introduction for us as a team for, because we're pod, you're listening to the podcast for a purpose. So as a team, I'm saying let's not do fandom love. And if you're getting my drift here, you're the hero in this story. Ladies, you are carrying the, the oracle of power and going, you are the hero in this story. Gentlemen, you are the carrier of a baton. You are the hero who is going to come up with some fantastical ideas, is going to fail, is going to have life throw you in a wheelchair, is going to have a whole mess of issues, love, relationship, public shaming. Everything is going to happen to all of us in our own story. And you may get to the end. I want to break into the story here. Haven't you seen stars and heroes? Unfortunately, an icon of beauty in the male, like if you thought of a male actor for the last 50 years, who is like the epitome, who is the pinnacle. That person said, oh, I, I had a very strong relationship with alcohol. I had to uh, dull away the pain. So, so wait a minute. All of the goal to become a superstar, all of us have some form of a goal. When I become that, when I have, when I make it, when I have money, and all the while you see people reach that destination, but because the inner shadow work, because the moments of vulnerability have not been expressed, because full love and acceptance of your imperfections is not exercised, even on the top, even at the Oscars holding the award, you're not in a state of peace. You're not in a state of comfort. So could we today peruse some of the thoughts, both of us here? And again, I'm not going to make it a book club for you, friends. Dr. Gina separately read this book. I individually read this book, and it is a part of our 100 book list for Memorize Mentor. Why am I telling you all of this? We have all had our own individual awakening by approaching approaching the science of shadow work. As soon as you get to the work of shadow work, sure, you can go sit in a cave for a really long time. I'm almost sure you'll figure a lot of this out on your own. Except if you don't have the seven years to sit under the bone tree, then maybe you can look to those who have traversed this plane and Brene Brown, There, I don't see in her science anyone. She is untouchable in this science as she is a leader in leading out the thought processes. So later on, maybe you can read the book. Maybe you can choose 
Because I know as soon as I say, read the book, I got 10, 20% of you who just shut down. Look, dude, I'm listening to a podcast. Does it look like I'm going to read a book? I, I get it. Not I didn't read books for a long time. So audio, get the audio of her book, a, a podcast summaries. But that's not where we want to be. I want to go into directly your mind, oh, listener, that's saying, but why should I talk about my imperfections? What's the point of bringing up feelings? And what do I do with the feelings of inadequacy? What do I do? Okay, I was on, I love my imperfections, but the entire environment around me, mom, dad, brothers, sisters, everyone defines themselves through the way they see you. Let's start the conversation there. As opposed to you saying, oh, maybe I should read this book, bump you. Maybe you should be as you as possible. Don't lie to yourself anymore. It would be the first way for me to see my imperfections. Look, Wissam, it is what it is. You, you wet the bed till you were in the third grade. That affected you, bud. No, everything's fine. I'm not, dude, that's a long time, bro. It hurt you. It, it affected your childhood. You, you felt this feeling. Yeah, no, uh, I'm an adult. Nah, B, let's just stop lying. You, you are still afraid. Oh, wow. That was like a, it's called full circle. Wow, yeah. But could you at home, could you find that thing that you're hiding from? What did you do? What happened in childhood that you're like, oh, no, but now I'm a grown up. Really? You're that much grown up now? That's awesome. Can we, as a grown up, then can we go approach those feelings, approach that? So today, start the conversation from what is the biggest lie I am telling myself presently? Wow. What is the biggest lie I'm telling myself presently? That, that's, that's a good question. That's, a, that's a big question because even the lies we tell ourselves are still lies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I think it's harder to acknowledge them sometimes. So it could be that I'm not enough. It could be that uh, I'm an imposter. Imposter syndrome is pretty common. It's a lot of things. That, yeah. that is very, very common. Uh, I think a lot of folks uh, feel that imposter syndrome. A lot of folks feel like I'm not doing the thing that I need to. And I believe the once I stop lying to myself, I may look around and see the other quote unquote lies. Am I feeling, am I living a lifestyle that's not fulfilling to me, i.e. my job? One of the first things I feel a lot of us may be not truthing ourselves is our job. And I am fully okay as someone who has worked retail in multiple places, corporate, and then in the hospital setting, it's okay to work your job to pay your bills. But tell yourself what it is. Tell yourself what it is so you can treat it like that. And you don't have to expend all your life energy in this thing that, well, it pays the bills. If I had to stand here and it paid my bills, then you know what? I would stand. It takes me for, it, it, it's a small tangent for us to realize the first, first, if you stepped off the, uh, off the path in your straight mind and said, hey, what is one other lie I'm living? And it, this might be a, a gross uh, awakening to you, but listener, 
we're hiding away into entertainment and intellectualism and scrolling to numb ourselves because for eight to 10 hours a day, we're doing something that we're not being congruent with. We saw him, go shoot x-ray, help a bunch of people and come home with a paycheck. You got it. I'm, I am now able to, I would come back emotionally distraught, but someone said this to me and I can't believe that happened. And he was like, but was that your purpose? Were you going there with some for emotional fulfillment? Were you, no. With some, you're using a third of your day to acquire finance, paper money, so you can teach at night, so you can do all of these things. And as soon as that button switched, I worked x-ray in the morning, got home, cleaned up, and then taught for three hours every single night. And I loved it. A, a practice application of please accept. I'm not telling you quit your job, but accept that it, it's a means to a, and that's the big blank. The Everyone knows its end, but have you sat down and thought through what you would like your end to be? So that there's my big shift, friend. If you don't make this change, you're going to live at the job you hate. They could even be paying you a lot of money but they're buying your time. They're buying your life energy. And even if you went there, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't feel fulfilled. And then, then you would come home and have to medicate yourself with all the forms of entertainment to make the existence just that much easier. So uh, one of the wow. biggest lies. Yeah. That's one of the biggest lies I feel to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say incongruent living is exhausting. Mm. Yeah. So what's incongruent living when I'm giving off one signal, but I'm living another? It didn't work perfect. When I am I'm giving off a hot signal, but I'm living a cold life. Mm -hmm. Where you are one thing inside. The, oh, that charlatanism the, yes. the, of being a... That's exactly what it is. So the question then, and I've been posed this before, uh, listeners, I don't, I don't have your answer right yet. Every time I get to this point in the conversation, even in gifts of imperfection, okay, so how do I find my life purpose? Yes, yes. Right? We how all do I have find that my question. Life purpose? Mm -hmm. And if there was one activity to find your life purpose, it wouldn't be finding, right? It would just be do this thing, find out that. Uh, I really mean this though, friends, it is sitting in the vulnerability. It is uh, first, you have to be able to sit in your rise and fall of your breath. And once you've mastered level one through four, um, it sounds in the background, uh, feeling um, a traumatic experience, like you go to sit down to, if you don't like the word meditate, friends, then shut your word hole. Like that's my new word for meditation, right? Because it's too, it's too foo-foo. Okay, go shut, shut your, your word hole for three minutes. Sounds better? Go ahead, swallow that. Good, Mark Lofico. Thank you so much. Now back to the rodeo. You go to sit down and in the second minute, a traumatic, uh, horrible experience comes up to you. Levels one through four, five are teaching you, and I, I'm just using this arbitrary levels, that you're going to learn to silence that thought, silence the thought. But in order to find a life purpose, you have exceeded 
five minutes of rise and fall of your breath, keeping your word hold silent. And now you are going into the trauma. You are going back to 3 a.m., waking up in a plastic sheet because your parents know you're going to wet the bed. So you're kind of sitting there in this puddle and it's cold and you're uncomfortable. And oh, yeah, friends, you go back and you take that young boy's hand and you cleanse him, you clean him, you hold him close to your chest and he's going to take you out. He's going to bring you to the other side, Atreo. He's going to mm -hmm. take you through the gate. And when you cleanse your, uh, I'll paint a picture. Every one of us has had a number two accident. Yeah, very, you're, you're old, you're a young child. You're, you, you had something and now you're, you're just loose in the bowel. You're loose in the bowel and you didn't know what to do. And bang, unfortunately, you are now soiled. Can you go back to that moment, partner the parent, or maybe there's someone laughing at you. Forgive that. Be the adult in your trauma. Can anyone pause with me? Pacific Rim friends. Did anyone just figure out how difficult that is to maintain the mental fortitude to face a kaiju in your brain, an enormous sea creature monster from another dimension? These are our traumas. Are you ready to drift with your memories, with the people in that memory? What if someone's laughing at you and you're soiled and now you're, you're unaware why this is happening? Can you go cleanse the child? Can you go maintain the mental fortitude, the rise and fall of your breath? Can you sweat it through? Go help that child heal one trauma. And we'll say stage one is complete. Every video game's got like eight or nine and every stage has a boss at the end. That, my friend, is your gift of perfection. I'm going 1990s, uh, early video games, friends, where you started and you ran across the screen beating up little guy, little bad guys. And then at the end of stage one, there was a big bad guy. And you had to, he had a power, he had something over you, and you had to learn to outsmart him. The gifts of imperfection, life, per, or purpose, you're not going to find any of it until you play the game, until you go through, so I'm supposed to help kids with diarrhea? What? What does that mean, Wissam? No, friend. Go through each. Gather, oh, Froto Baggins, gather the armory and the tools that you are going to need from each small skirmish and battle till you go to war with the moment when you say, that's not something I, I can fix. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. Accepting, accepting your imperfections because, I mean, to me, my imperfections, they're my superpower because that's, that's how I grow. That's how I learn. If I were perfect, I wouldn't be able to change. I wouldn't be able to have a closer relationship with God. I would simply just be where I was at and that would be it. And I would be stagnant. So, alhamdulillah, I am, they're difficult. My imperfections are messy and uh, not easy. But anything I've ever done that's been worth doing has been hard. The work that I put into it was worth the end result. Subhanallah. Subhanallah.
I think there's a step. Subhanallah means how awesome is Allah. So listeners, if you're stepping into a circle right now and saying, dude, I got some, I got some demons in this closet. They're not just perverse. They're not just angry, revengeful. They're not just ugly. Okay, that's fine. I, I can't underplay or overplay. They are exactly as you see it. When working with Muslim brothers who are Muslim or not Muslim, I haven't worked with so many folks outside the faith, but those who deal with addiction to sex addiction or adult material, they all, and I, 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 I'm, I'm here with you, listener, for a second, for a moment of vulnerability, because this will touch, this will hit hard for folks. They all, Dr. Gina, feel, bro, you don't know. Imam, you don't know. I'm so perverse that. And then I usually just wait. What are you going to tell me? Like, we're, it's as if they are marketing their, I don't think they realize it. They're market, they're trying to prove to you how bad they are because the story inside is predicated on them being bad, wrong, perverse, disgusting, um, insert adjective that you've been poked with. And they are, they're not even convinced. They're so sure they're selling it to you. So embrace with me for a moment, friends. That's their imperfection. And they identify with it so aggressively that they're trying to convince me, no, Wissam, I'm a, I'm a pervert. I'm, I'm sick. I can only be satisfied by, and then ad lib. You basically put in whatever it is that they think is the end, end result. And the irony is uh, each person's uh, nth is really different. I think it's amazing. Each person's nth is based on their childhood or how much they, how bad they think they are. It's as if the, the, the addiction is trying, is mirroring back at them. Look how bad you are. And so if we come full circle, listeners, friends, the idea of, imperfections is easy to talk about out here. And I'm going to hold myself. But if we all of a sudden started talking about illicit things, all of a sudden, everyone would pull their hands off the table. If we talked about being ugly and re revengeful, and you know what type of ugly I'm talking about, friends, the ugly that doesn't get blemish covered up, that isn't flawless, the ugliness that rent that lives inside of us. Uh, the judgment, the anger, rage, uh, revenge, uh, toxicity, that the acidity of toxicity sounds like my new album. I, I'm dropping uh, that. That's a good, the, good album. Yeah. The yeah. acidity of toxicity <laughs> is not only masculine, but it, I'm not going anywhere with that. <laughs> I think the acidity inside of us is something no one is willing to say. Uh, males, you may deal with how disgusting and perverted that could be your imperfection. And ladies, none of you could be ugly. None of you could be wretched in the way you look and act towards people, right? So all of Ooh, us. Because we're too perfect in our imperfection. 
uh, I, I think no. I think, and uh, if I may, the man is trying to sell how uh, how perverted, he, how evil he is. And many a times, I don't think it is a ladylike thing for. I don't think many. It's not present. A flower doesn't see its blemishes. You don't. You don't want it to. But we are not flowers. We are human beings. So I'm not pointing a arrow of perversion towards for towards women. I'm saying we all deal with different things. So if I said, how many people feel you know an ugliness? A man would have no problem owning I I am ugly. I'm very ugly. And he'll think about he's ugly on the inside. He's ugly on the outside. Not all of us recognize. Not all of us recognize it's not an external. It's not how dolled up or nice. It's not even your fresh face has nothing to do with makeup, friends. It, could we go to the soul energy inside you? Could it be ugly? Could it be? Now, what are we talking about, friends? Imperfections, real ones. For the love of God, we can't tolerate. We are we as a society cannot tolerate a single imperfection on the face, uh, 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 on our face when we get ready. We have to become flawless. So, friends, can we start there by accepting our external scars? I believe the artist named Seal, he was a singer long time ago. The only reason we would know him is he wrote a song for the Batman soundtrack long time ago. Doesn't matter. He has, and I don't know the story at all. I don't know anything. But he has a very decent scar through, is it a scar? Yes, yes. I've actually, I'm very familiar with him. Uh, I saw him in concert. Yes, he has scars on his cheeks. So from childhood, I don't remember how he got them. But okay. Yes. I mean, absolutely. There, there is. Uh, I can't figure it out either. Uh, confirmed that the, he has, but he wears them proudly. He wears them. He wears them on his face. I think, listeners, you caught my point. I, I couldn't really land this one. There's an artist who has a scar on his face, and it. He lives, smiles, talks, and acts as if he isn't just the scar on his face. And if you're saying, well, he isn't, so then neither are you. A, a single imperfection, a single blemish, neither are you. So in a society of washboard abs, and if you take a picture in this light, um, the, it will isolate these, you won't see this blemish and the concealer foundation, volumize, I'm just throwing words in the sky. Contouring? Yes. Contouring yes. a thing? I still can't figure it out. There's a phrase that you want to, like a gradient. You want it to look, well. Been you watched. want it to look perfect? You want it to look beautiful? Instagram? I mean, Instagram Snapchat? Right. I mean, all those filters. Yes. That's People it. Are, are now filter. trying to get plastic surgery to look like their filters. How come I believe you? How come I, I like this? It sounds like a very, I feel like I could read that article right now. Uh, that surgeon uh, offers uh, plasticky, like the the circular eyeball, the, like just the, the, the filter face. No, mm -hmm. Dr. Gina, that 
That legitimately sounds like a thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I read about it. it it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Because so people how... are so used to seeing themselves in that filtered setting Ooh. that when they're not filtered, Ooh. they don't they don't like themselves. Listeners, I'm going to throw the mics on the floor because that was it. That was it. The absolute opposite of everything we've been said, like if you went in the opposite direction of everything we said from the first minute till now, you don't look at your imperfections. You constantly cover them up. You you do live an incongruent life. Then eventually you would be so used to seeing yourself in a certain light Dr. Gina, I think you just gendered lists. You knocked the seat out from underneath me if you get it. This isn't a feminine, a female thing. It isn't a female thing. I am wrong. I, I, I'm wrong. It is, it is every gender. I'm I'm and I'm 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 excited because that single sentence of wouldn't you want to look like the way you see yourself all the time? Subhanallah, um, Subhanallah. Uh, I'm I'm properly you 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 stunned me. I had a palate expander, friends. Uh, crowded mouth is an imperfection, and one of my greatest imperfections was uh, my teeth are huge. They're they're very large, or in at least in my mind, they were very large growing up. And so I had to get a palate expander. I I think I, I'm trying to tippy toe around the word retainer. Yeah, palate expander. It was a retainer, but I had it in my 20s. So I'm not going to call it a retainer. And Dr. Gina, after they took it out for whatever period, I think it was two years where I had to wear it. When they were done, my mouth looked amazing. (laughs) Like I felt it. I I was like, wow. And then they were like, you know, after some time, there's regression. You have to keep the maintenance. And somewhere in between, the story ends here, friends. Somewhere in between, I misplaced the trays while in an overseas trip. Anyone who remembers the Hawaii trip, I, I went straight from Umrah. We have to tell this story one day, friends. Umrah Tawaf to Hawaii should be the title. Um, but there I lost uh, the retainers. And as the teeth regressed slightly to what my dentist now says is natural. I, I went for um, like two weeks ago and they're like, these these are natural teeth with some. I was like, yeah, but remember before? And I, so I am, I am bowing myself in humility. I am, I am the, I, I saw the change and I wanted that perfect look. Now, if if you use this same exact wording, Wissam, have this procedure done. It'll make you look like you've o- like you always wanted to. Like you, you could be back to that. Excuse me, uh, sign me up. Yes, yes, I want to be seen like that. So, yes. A right now, I'm accepting my teeth. It is still a vulnerability. I accept me. This doesn't mean don't take care of yourself. Excuse me. Someone just put their toothbrush down. They're like, yes. <laughs> I no, liver no. king doesn't no alhamdulillah uh shout out to liver king we need to have that conversation uh when when the time comes friends if you haven't heard of liver king uh liver is king and liver king we would love to have you on the podcast at the right time first mm-hmm. i feel like i need to go do a berserker workout and eat some bone marrow but we'll get there we'll get there friends <laughs> and as we absorb these imperfections as we see them, whether they're 
phys- but again, how quickly imperfections we came out to the physical, right? Mm-hmm. We came, mm-hmm. and even this twelve-minute discussion that uh, that's out here on physical, the wool has been pulled over our eyes mm-hmm. because we're out here thinking of imperfections and perfections, but the whole thing was on the inside. And so I'm truly proposing this to you, Dr. Gina and listeners. One podcast in an ocean of likes and dislikes and physical acknowledgements and body transformations. How are you still even listening to a word I'm saying, listener? I might as well be... That's what I'm saying, essentially, because... Where is there any social premise for you to live this? And that is what brings us back full circle. Mm -hmm. Gifts of imperfection. Yes. Brene Brown has created an environment in which the vernacular, that's what it is. Yes. Brene Brown has created the vernacular for us to be able to, to discuss, for us to be able to say, uh, what is comp- what is courage, compassion, um, and Connection. right? What is the courage? What's courage? What's compassion? But then, are they connected? Can I be compassionate and courageous? Because usually, courageous you tell people like it is. Can I be compassionate and courageous? First step uh, before you look outside. Can you be compassionate but create courageous? with yourself. Thank you. Exploring the power of love, belonging, and being enough. The things that get in the way. And this is the the first 30 pages. If you could uh, interact, friends, wholehearted living, compassion and connection, compassion and courageousness, the connection between the two, and the power of love, belonging and being in us mm-hmm. most people would stop there i would go the extra 10 pages the things that get in the way and to me that's enough that you need to go set out now sit your tush in in a cush in a nice soft cushion or get your bamboozle in a musalla in a prayer mat it's a word that rhymes with prayer mat. You should sat upon the mat and prayer. <laughs> oh man. Put on your prayer hat. I don't Put know. On, there you go. <laughs> Put on your prayer hat, your hijab or kufi. Sit upon your prayer mat and pull out your dua book and say brat, brat. Okay. And think about that. <laughs> and and think about that said the cat in the hat, who always turned out he was Muslim the whole time, just a mischievous Muslim. He had a hat and a beard. Cats are Muslim, so where are we going? Friends, take bring it full circle to say the vernacular exists. If you said, I did 500 pull-ups at a event this weekend, the person listening to you might squint, and then all you have to do is say, CrossFit, boom. The entire environment has been created mm-hmm. without, without someone creating the vernacular. Uh, if you saw someone and you didn't know and they had cauliflower ears, their ears mm-hmm. were turned out from constantly 
uh, from training, which means their ear was rubbing against a mat, if I'm correct. You you might not know, like, oh, that guy has an ear condition, but boom, oh no, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, oh, that guy rolls a grappler. And the phrase is gi versus no gi. I understand we're getting into technique, technicals. Mm -hmm. It created an environment to create the vernacular. Yes. If you, and I believe this is how it works. If you, listener, start exploring yourself and then in your small group, someone goes, hey, she's doing that breathing thing again. Oh my God, we're in public. Yes, even in the things that get in the way, when you stick up and and embrace who you are, ride the rise and fall of your breath, and you do it wherever you go. You embrace who you are. You love being who you are. I believe that it expands that vocabulary. It expands the thought, the energy. And there's a possibility that people will accept and love who they are around you. But the quick FDA disclaimer, kind of like at the end of the commercial, accepting Gifts of imperfection may result in a lot of people around you getting very disturbed. The immediate response is to pull you back down to exactly who you were. If you experience tongue lashing for more than 40 minutes, please ask your abuser to stop. Change the topic. If you are in a continued discomfort stage, speak to your abuser and say, I love me. I pray that you love you. If nosebleeds occur, please seek help. Yes, please medical attention. <laughs> Friends, let's do our best to come around and accept who we are, have fun, be quirky, be you. And inside being you, you will go through a lot of childhood memories that made mm-hmm. you who you are. A lot of events from teenhood, teenage years mm-hmm. to your 20s accept all the events and see them as things that made you who you are, then Mm -hmm. meet yourself from yesterday. Build yourself up, first grade, Mm -hmm. second grade, third grade, so you went to high school, primary, university, OA levels, bachelor's, master's, someone went to community college, that's awesome. Someone went to community college and became a doctor, good for you, bro, sister, And at some point, you were you yesterday. Can you turn around and say, really nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. I'm proud. I'm proud to see what you've become. Mm -hmm. And utter the words with me, friends. I'll take it from here. Thank you for becoming who you have become. I'll take it from here. Take that responsibility over, friends. Take that handshake Accept who that person you were yesterday. Take over the pilot, the pilot's steer, the pilot's joystick, and prepare to for a slight impact, a slight bump. But once the transition has been made with turbulence, with smooth air, either way, you're in charge. And you have accepted you. You are not trying to fix anything. You're going to love you. And through love, whatever you become, that's fine. That's wonderful. Please be more you. But the idea of fixing you, I think we're, 
going to only improve and accept upon loving ourselves. And when we get to do that, I think many a times natural love for ourselves will make us do better and better things. And if you're destroying yourself and you're like, well, not, you'll look around, you'll say, this is, this, I can't love myself and not love the society I live in. You'll feel the connectivity. I turn it back over to you at home to land the plane, land the thought. Okay, I do love me. And I'm going to walk away from this and I'm going to take my first step. I'm going to shake hands with my yesterday self and I'm going to carry it on from here. Friends, the time to win is now. The sharing of ideas is now. The person who prays five times a day, whether he wants to or he's dying to say thank you to God, has a different relationship than the person who just drops down and says, oh, God, I really need your help right now. I really fudged up. Help me. Or God, thank you so much. Thank you so much, so much. There's a different relationship between the two. I think the person who, whether he's perfect or not perfect or feels good or doesn't feel good, he comes to the table and says, God, here is how I am. I worship you. I am yours. Let's land our plane here. Where we headed out, I think it's up to all of our listeners. Dr. Gina, am I correct? 85 episodes in? 82. This is 82. 82 episodes in. So we are rounding out. As we said, we're counting down to 100 friends. I wanted the first 75 episodes to be a backstory, to build, to give you a clear vision of the future, to develop the mantra, happiness in the now, with a clear vision for the future. And from 75 to 100, you can see, I feel you'll see the story unfold, that you are a trail. You are knowledge travels guy. You are the person fulfilling your destiny. And along the way, you just see this one wizard who's doing it out loud. You're gonna, you are already doing the same. With your permission, Dr. Gina, shall we conclude here? Yes, yes. I have one thought. Absolutely. So I, I read this book, The Mountain Is You, which I mentioned to you before. The Mountain Is You, which is talking about self-sabotaging. Okay. And she had us do this one exercise, which I found very useful. She talked about, of course, going back and embracing your inner child and hugging them and telling them that everything's going to be okay. And that is a really wonderful thing to do. But she also talked about, imagine what you would do if you could meet yourself, your older, wiser self. And in my, in my the exercise, I did that. And I talked to the person. I just said to them, what are the things that you do when you first get up in the morning? And she was like, well, you know, I meditate and I eat healthy and I exercise. And I realized these are things I really would like to do. And I can incorporate those things into my life now on that journey to become my most powerful self, so to speak, I love is it. the book called it. So, yeah, I'm doing I think being able to quantumly understand the sentence that you exist, all of you exist. And the future you exists as well, you're going to catch up to them. Mm -hmm. Taking a moment where you would have sat down into your thoughts, got through some traumas, and now you've gone through the past and cleaned up a lot of those old Marty McFly. And now you can look into the future 
I have clearly spoken to a rendition. Let's just keep it safe for everyone right now mm-hmm. of my 50 year old self. And yes. I am pretty cool. Amazing. And I was like, whoa, we become that. And it was funny because future me was like, yeah, we become this it's like smooth as a as a pistol. And I was like, yes, yes. And I, you do the same thing. What are the things that you did to get here? And my, my answer was, you know exactly what you need to do to get here. And I was like, oh, dude, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, wow. Because <laughs> he was like, Wissam, are you? Because he's suave. He was super suave. He was like, really? You don't know? I, mm-hmm, yeah, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Islam. Um, thank goodness I still say that in the future. <laughs> so to our friends, uh, listeners, we are trying to break the sixth wall. Mm-hmm. We're talking through the podcast, through time, space, into the quantum. Take a moment, pray to your Lord. Oh Lord, give me clarity. Oh Lord, make me my future self. Oh Allah, reassure me. Because when you pray to God, oh Allah, make me something, you're like, well, God's going to do it. and Or you don't know if it's going to happen. Oh God, help me to be my greatest guide. Help ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. Closing out with a fatiha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahmanir Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqeem Sirat Al-Ladhina An'amta Alayhim غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين. Oh Allah, accept our prayer. Oh source of the universe, guide us and in turn on our internal guidance system. Have a beautiful evening, afternoon. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.